Welcome to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. And Ryan, Becca, we had an interesting, another educational week, pun intended. We're going to address that in a few seconds. But later in the podcast, you're going to find out what is going on at the Iowa Supreme Court as they hopefully will protect thousands of unborn Iowa babies in the future. Ryan, you're a lawyer. You worked at the Supreme Court. I've actually, I've been a lawyer for, what, 40 years? Something like that. I'm going to have to count that here in a little bit. Uh, Since 83. So I think that's coming up on 40. And I've been in the Supreme Court room at the lawyer's table last year. It was a great privilege to be there. You were in the back room, though, writing the decision. Well, yeah, at that time, I was actually sitting uh, in the audience. Was, you were in the audience, but but, yeah. but later that afternoon, you went in the back room and wrote the opinion. <laughs> I, I held Justice Vance to write the opinion, yes. Okay, so we're going to probe what's going on at the Supreme Court vis-a-vis unborn babies. But first, Ryan, please educate our audience on the education issue of the week at the Capitol. The House and Senate had a bill. Yes. So uh, this is the it started off as the governor's parental choice and education bill. It's Senate file four nine six. Um, the Senate passed a version last week that we discussed pretty thoroughly on the podcast. Uh, this week, the House took it up. Uh, we testified at subcommittee. Um, thank oh, wait. you. Thank you. Am for I getting it. my weeks messed up? No, I you, think I am. You testified. At yeah, that was last week. But then it came out of full committee this week. Yeah, the point is, both the Senate and the House passed it. I believe the House uh, just passed earlier this week, and they don't match. So we don't have a law yet. We don't have anything for the governor to sign. It's going to go back to the Senate, and they're going to negotiate. And uh, it's a big bill. It's got a lot of good things in it. So we'll kind of we'll we'll see what the final product is, and hopefully have some sort of uh, input in that. But thirty-eight page amendment was added in the House. Yes, yeah, it's a big bill. And it covers, what are the top one or two or three subjects in that 38 pages? Well, it, it actually covers a lot of things that have been in other separate bills we've kind of already talked about this year. So, like, uh, Just repeat those for our Yeah, listeners. so uh, one of the things is in kindergarten through sixth grade, uh, you can't teach or promote gender identity or sexual orientation. So that's What? Don't little kids need to know that? No, they don't, Chuck. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> another thing they don't need is pornography in the library. Um, what? Yep, yep, I know, I know. Just uh, How radical can these right-wingers be? I know. We, uh, we really draw a hard line. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so getting depictions and descriptions of sex acts out of the library, that's another thing it does. Seriously, it's about time. I mean, this stuff's been infiltrating our schools for the last several years. Governor Reynolds found out about it. Went on KCCI TV, read a portion of it, which was embarrassing for her to do, but she had to do it to get the attention of the Iowa electorate. She got overwhelmingly reelected for educational reform, and now here's the governor's education reform bill on parental rights. Praise God, we've got a governor who's leading on behalf of concerned parents. Yep, definitely. And and that goes right along with the education savings account bill that already passed. So if a parent isn't getting satisfaction at their local public school, now they have much more options to go to another school that will respect the parents' values. Yeah, education, the work on education this session has just been amazing. Phenomenal. It's been great. Okay, so turning the corner to a really cool thing that's about to happen next Tuesday. Ryan, you want to tee that up? I thought we let Rebecca tee it up. Oh, okay. Rebecca, 
Oh, I'm not have, a lawyer. Have, yeah, but <laughs> most of the people listening aren't lawyers. That's the it's point. True. That's very true. So what have you heard, Rebecca, and what questions might you have about what's going to happen next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. in the Iowa Supreme Courtroom? Yeah, so Tuesday morning, they are going to be hearing for hopefully, should be the final time in my understanding, correct? Who's they? <laughs> Who's they? The Iowa Supreme Court is going to be hearing for the final time the arguments on heartbeat case that passed in 2018 but has been tied up in litigation since. So the um, statute is on our on our code books, yes, but we can't enforce it, right? Meaning ba- <laughs> babies are being killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, post heartbeat and the governor and the legislature said they shouldn't be killed but a single judge downtown Des Moines Judge Huppert said that the governor couldn't enforce the legislature's law makes me want to throw up on this microphone seriously Mm -hmm. but now praise God we've got several new members of the Iowa Supreme Court we've got a governor post Roe versus Wade who's ready to try to rectify that problem in Iowa courts now, now that we can. And so, yeah, Tuesday, like you said, the kind of the final public argument, the lawyers from each side will come forward. Planned Parenthood will say why we should keep killing babies. And the governor's lawyer will say why we should stop the killing of babies after their heart is beating. So any other questions, Becca? You, well, you, I would say that the two big ones are what happens if – they side with us and what happens when they don't where, where do we go forward okay great questions ryan you want to jump in yeah so i wish it were as simple as are they going to agree with us or not but there's a lot of a lot of issues at play in this case the big most important one is how is the court going to uh, review abortion restrictions uh, that are passed in the future so what what's the standard going to be when we pass a law that says um, in this circumstance, you cannot have an abortion. What standard, constitutional standard, is the court going to review that by? And um, for a long time, um, since Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which was followed Roe v. Wade, the standard was uh, the undue burden standard, which uh, pretty much states— <laughs> It's well, not a standard. It's, it's not a standard. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's amorphous, yeah, the, I think, is the fancy word. Yeah. It's it's unintelligible. It has been applied in a variety of conflicting ways. It's not a standard. Standard, do you know where the word comes from? It means like a measurement that is the same. Like you cut a piece of wood that's 12 inches long and you call that a ruler. You call it a foot. And you go measure when you build a house with a foot. Undue burden is like it's made out of rubber. And so you can stretch it, you can twist it. It's not a foot long. It's whatever you want it to be as a creative judge. That's pretty close. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the judges, I mean, what's what's undue? And every judge is going to have a different opinion different on opinion. that. And there, there was uh, you know, a lot of case law using the undue burden standard and some conflicting results. And ultimately, the undue burden standard, if you read the Constitution, you're not going to find it in there. They made it up. So... Um, that, that's Who's what, they? Who made it up? Uh, well, originally, the, the first court to do it was the Casey Court, the United remember, States Supreme Court. Do you remember I, the three judges? I do. Oh, I'm an old boy. man. See, I was, I was. When, when was the case decided? I forget. Ninety-two. Ninety-two. Okay, that was Were a year you born. That was a year before I was born. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, O'Connor. O'Connor. Uh, she wrote it, and then I forget the rest. <laughs> Souter and Kennedy. Three of the nine judges created this undue burden standard, which is unintelligible. Okay. Yep. Now, here's the good news. A year ago, what did the Iowa Supreme Court do while you were working there? 
Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that we was it, good. Yeah, we got to back up even further though, because or not? not oh, we got to back up. Go ahead, back up further. Different. Okay. Uh, so the Iowa, Iowa had a separate standard that they introduced or not introduced, um, created, created out, of out of thin air. It's actually even worse than the undue burden standard. It said abortion regulations have to be reviewed uh, using strict scrutiny, which pretty much means it's almost impossible to regulate abortion. At all, or and by regulating all. abortion, you're talking about stopping the killing of uh, yeah, innocent, sorry. unborn yep. babies. Yep. Right? That, that's, when it, that's what it comes down to, so right? So the Iowa Supreme Court, five of the seven judges said you can't stop the killing of babies. And I believe that was in 2018. That was in 2018. And so this last year, in 2022, the court, once again, was dealing with the abortion issue, had some uh, new judges appointed by... Um, Governor Reynolds. Thank God. And uh, it reversed that really bad decision. Thank in, God. And thank those judges. Amen. What yeah. an amazing reversal. Has not happened in any other state. Not in any other state. Yep. Have they reversed one of those bad abortion rulings? But at the same, within a week of when the Iowa Supreme Court reversed that horrible ruling, the U.S. Supreme Court reversed a horrible ruling called Roe versus Wade. And Planned Parenthood versus Casey. So now the undue burden standard at the national level is gone. It's back to rational basis. And yet the Iowa Supreme Court is not quite to rational basis yet. Yeah. So one of the weird things about... Oh, did you have a question? Is, is this making any sense okay. at all, Rebecca? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> okay. The moment it is, I follow. F follow me here. Okay, so, follow me. <laughs> one of the weird Are you things, picking up what I'm laying down? One, one of the weird things about the case last year was that the court reversed the bad opinion, said, no, there's no fundamental right to an abortion. No, you don't have to apply strict scrutiny. But then it stops there and said, um, but we're not going to say what the standard is because the parties haven't haven't really argued it. Um, oh, and so it left it open. Um, oh, but, but even more confusing than that, they said, but because this case is going back to the district court, go ahead and apply the undue burden standard that still exists at the federal level. And uh, you can litigate this issue further. Oh, my gosh. So that undue burden standard existed for exactly seven more days. And then it went poof at the yeah, federal level. And then the federal standard was gone. Um, and now we but, don't know what the standard is. But the district in court in that one case was told to apply the undue burden test. But now we're in a different case. And uh, the, the state's trying to say, well, there is no standard. And, the, and then Planned Parenthood's trying to say, no, it's the undue burden standard because that, you know, the case last year. So it's, it's kind of a mess. And we're hoping they're going to sort that out. And they're going to sort it out and say that rational basis is the standard, which means we can protect life up to the moment of conception. Wow. So are you warning young folk to stay out of this mess? Or are you saying, no, if you like to untangle Gordian knots, you should go into the law? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a mix of both. <laughs> stay, okay. stay away. But if you can't, then yeah. It's, yeah. It's Actually, you and I are the, a few of those weird people that find this rather fascinating and yeah. exceptionally important. We're talking about thousands of babies' lives every year in Iowa. That's really what we're talking about next Tuesday. When those six out of the seven judges sit there on the bench next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. in Des Moines, Iowa, on the fourth floor of the Iowa Supreme Courthouse, they will be deciding the fate of thousands and thousands of unborn babies. Uh, it, just, it just sends chills down my spine to think they have that much power. But can I can yep. I jump in and make it even more confusing than that? 
I, no, sh- I'm back out. <laughs> you never jumped in. If, Stay away. <laughs> if you go to the uh, oral arguments next Tuesday, which we hope you do, you got to be there early. Um, Doors our, open at eight. Yeah, and you might need to get there. At seven forty. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't take a bag in with you. They basically strip search you to get oh, in the building. But anyway, keep moving don't, on. Don't bring it's fun times, you. guys. Yeah, but let, let's say you go and you sit down and listen to the argument. Most of what you hear is not actually going to be talking about that stuff we just talked about. Um, it's not going probably not going to be really about. Uh, you know, whether an unborn baby has a right to life, they're probably going to be talking about <laughs> procedural, uh, you know, cases. Because one of Planned Parenthood's main arguments is, uh, one, back in 2019, that this uh, this heartbeat law, it was declared void by a court. So even though it exists in the code book, it's void like it never existed. Mm-hmm. And the state's going to, you know, argue, no, the courts don't have the power to do that. So they're going to argue about whether or not a court can make something void. And another thing they're going to argue about is whether or not this court has what they call inherent authority to modify its own permanent injunction. Mm. Now, Rebecca, go ahead and ask me. What, what, <laughs> what is a mean? permanent injunction, Ryan? There you go. <laughs> what is inherent authority versus uninherent yeah. authority? Non-inherent? Please answer. Go, go right on All right. I'll, I'll try. <laughs> try to answer it at a yeah. fifth grade level or so, something. Okay. Tender talking yeah, to your toddler. Idea. That's a good idea. An okay. Talk to your young son. Yep. So I've given my two-year-old... Uh, I've, I've issued an injunction that says you can never play you with knives. You told kni- your two-year-old that issued an injunction. <laughs> you can never play with knives. From here on out, you're permanently enjoined from playing with knives. Until, But let's say he gets older, and he's 12 now. Okay. And he's, he says, you know, I'm 12. I think I can handle a knife now. Uh, I've, this, there's been this change. I'm older now. Yeah. And uh, can I now, can you get rid of that injunction and let me handle a knife? And I would say... <laughs> you, you, you as a parent, no, let's track this. Yeah. You as a parent would have the authority to lift that injunction. Yes. So I, as a, as a parent, would have inherent authority to change my mind and say, yeah, you're old enough now. You can, you can handle this Because things have changed. Just things have changed. Now, the question is, does a court have that same ability? Can it go back and well, well, wait a fix minute. what it let's is? Let's use some common sense here. Let's talk to a fifth grader. Rebecca, I'm not dissing you. You can. Go for it. <laughs> But when things change dramatically, like they have on abortion law, shouldn't you be able to go back and fix it? Change it? I think so. And that's what the state is going to spend a lot of time arguing about Tuesday. If Planned Parenthood wins and the judges say, no, we can't change what we did previously, then what? Well, then we're left uh, without the heartbeat law able to be enforced. So we have to go back to the legislator and say, hey, we need to pass this again and get it, get it up to the Supreme Court again. So, Or possibly pass something even stronger called, would, li- called life at conception. Or You, you talked me into it. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so folks, just to clarify, the judges have a lot of power. They've got a big decision ahead of them. Pray, pray, pray. And if you want to show up, I'm planning to be there. There's actually, I just heard this morning, there's going to be a prayer meeting at the Iowa Supreme Court building at 8 a.m. There's going to be people who come to the Capitol on Tuesdays anyway to pray every week, and they're going to pray specifically for this court case. You know, it does say in the Bible that um, God turns the heart of rulers whichever way he wants. So we're asking God to turn the hearts of those judges toward the sanctity of life, toward the the legal understanding that we had in this country for most of 240 years that legislatures can legislate 
and pass laws to protect people and that judges should not be imposing their opinion on that. And I think we've got that kind of Iowa Supreme Court now. They're the five bad, the five judges who voted very badly, in my opinion, in 2018 are gone from the court. Five of seven judges said there's a fundamental right to abortion, and they're gone. So I think we've got a chance with the new judges to get some common sense, some sanity, some sanctity of life into our courts. So, folks, uh, there's a lot more to this. Stay tuned. Come to the courthouse if you can. It's at 1111 East Court Avenue in Des Moines. How did you memorize that? I, it's so hard. That's such a hard number oh, to remember. Such a brilliant man. You <laughs> but if you can't make it personally, please be in prayer from your homes. Stay tuned. The opinion won't actually be written and published probably until June sometime. So we won't know exactly what will happen. But I, I understand later that afternoon or maybe later in the week, those judges will actually be voting on this. Is that right? Do they vote fairly yeah, soon they, after they They go talk about it immediately afterwards and they kind of get, you know, where people stand. And then they try to write an opinion and they see if they still have everybody. And so, yeah, it's, it's a process. It's a long but. process. Well, we'll get into that more later. Thanks for listening to TFL's Capital Connection. Stay tuned and pray, pray, pray. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.